Good morning, church, and all those who are online. Great to be with you. Can I just say, he is worth it. Because he is worth it. Uh, The Lord Jesus Christ is totally and completely worth following. When you you think about it, following Jesus, he he sets the bar really high. He, He says, If you're going to follow me, you must deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. That's a really, really high bar. But he is totally and completely worth following. I think of my friend Prashant, who has been joyfully following Jesus for over 30 years from a Hindu background, ostracized from his family for 30 years. But Jesus has been worth it. Uh, my friend Jenny, who has been joyfully following Jesus for 20 years, married to uh, someone who's not yet a believer and has made life difficult as a Christian, but it's been totally worth following Jesus. And look at you, and so many of you guys here are successful in the eyes of the world, business, finance, fashion, medicine, but, but Jesus oozes out of you. And I see people in, like you where you're saying, yes, Jesus is worth following He's totally worth it. Uh, Jesus calls himself the the good shepherd. And he promises to to love you and to lead you, uh, to guard you and to guide you, to nourish you and to nurture you, to care for you, to cherish you and carry you home. He's totally and completely worth following. Our verse for today is just this, John 10, I am the good shepherd. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Now, before we talk about shepherds, we need to talk about sheep because Jesus calls us sheep and that's not particularly flattering, although it's a bit better than being called the blaze of grass. Because uh, sheep are dumb and sheep do stupid things and she, uh, sheep wander and sheep get into trouble uh, and sheep need protecting and sheep need dunking occasions to get rid of all the pests. And, Jesus, and God says, you are sheep. You are the sheep of my pasture, Psalm 95 or Isaiah 53. We all like sheep have gone astray. We're sheep and sheep need a shepherd. I uh, think, think of when you think of a shepherd, think of, of somebody who is strong enough to protect you, but gentle enough to carry you. That's the shepherd that we need. And throughout the whole of the Bible, uh, God calls his leaders shepherds of God's sheep. And throughout the Old Testament, the kings and the priests were called to shepherd the flock, but, but they were terrible shepherds. They were proud, they were arrogant, they were faithless, they failed. And so God says in Ezekiel 34, well, I will shepherd my flock. God says in Ezekiel 34, I will rescue them. I will tend to my sheep and I will have them lie down, declares the sovereign Lord. And then Jesus steps into the world and says these words, I am the good shepherd." And so this morning, church, I want to give you five quick reasons why Jesus, the good shepherd, is totally worth following. Here's the first reason. Because he knows you personally. 
He knows you personally. In Jesus' day, in the village square, there would be a sheep pen. And it was a communal sheep pen. And so all the shepherds would bring their sheep into the village at night. And in this large enclosure, there'd be thousands of sheep belonging to different shepherds. And the shepherd would go home for the night and there'd be big fences and a big gate and there'd be a gatekeeper. And every morning the shepherd would come back and knock on the gate and say, I'm here to get my sheep. But here's the question. How on earth does that shepherd know which are his sheep? Because there are thousands there. And there's no branding, there's no ear tagging system. There's no numerical cataloging of the shepherds. How on earth does he know which are his sheep? And the answer is, he calls them by name and his sheep come to him. That's the picture of verse 2. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Shepherd stands in his sheep enclosure and knows exactly who are his. He names them, he calls them, and they come flocking. A true story of this, of this man in Australia who was accused of sheep stealing. And another man took him to court. So two men in court, true story, fighting over who, who these sheep belonged to. And the jury just could not make up their mind who was the true shepherd. And so the judge called in the final witnesses. And into the courtroom came the flock of sheep. He said, okay, call them. And one man stood up and called the sheep, and the sheep cowered and ran away. He says, you're not the shepherd. And the other man stood up and called them. True story. And they went to the shepherd. He said, you are the true shepherd. See, when Jesus stands up and calls his flock, we will come. And there's a day in your life when Jesus called you, He called you by name, Beck, Charlotte, James, Bernardo, Laura, Warren. Come to me, said Jesus. You belong to me. You're mine. He called you by name, verse 2. He knows you. He leads you out of this world. He leads you out of this dark, mari world and calls you to himself into the, the kingdom of light. He says, you're part of my flock. Do you remember that moment in your life? where you experience the call of your saviour, the irresistible grace of Jesus, the good shepherd. He called me back in the 1990s. But not just for salvation, he called me to know him personally. He knows everything about me. I love verse 14, it's a staggering verse. I'm the good shepherd, I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. That's extraordinary. Uh, The word for know there in verse 14 is the same word used in Genesis where it says Adam knew Eve. It's that intimate knowledge, this intimate relationship, the Samaritan woman. He says, he knew all about me. And it's that comfort that, that Jesus, your good shepherd, knows you personally. You're not just a name in his book of life. He knows everything about you, your hurts and your happinesses your temperaments and your mood, what lifts you up, what drags you down. Then when you get into a lift at work, the CEO, she might know your name, but she doesn't know you personally. 
I'm a pastor and I know your name, but I don't know everything about you. And even your closest friend or your, or your spouse doesn't know you this well. There is nothing that you are thinking or is going to happen in your life that Jesus does not know about. He knows you in this intimate way like the Father knows the Son. He knows you completely. And that for me is a comfort. So he knows you personally. Number two, he, he leads you perfectly. We've got a shepherd who takes us through life and provides and protects in a way that's always best. Not always pleasant, but always good. Look at verse four. When, when he's brought you out, when he's brought out all of his sheep, verse four, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. I think the, the problem is we, we, we picture a shepherd who, who drives the sheep from behind. That's not the way they shepherded back then. The shepherd would walk in front of the flock. He'd walk in front of the flock and lead the way, saying, okay, flock, it's going to be a tough kilometre ahead, but after that it's going to be 10 kilometres of, of easy road. Okay, flock, watch that fall, watch that gap, watch that danger. And, and the sheep just follow because sheep don't know where they're going unless someone leads them. And the world is a dangerous place full of rocks and ravines and wolves and water holes and you get stuck and you sniff at muck and if a sheep falls, he will die within hours. But the good shepherd leads you. He goes ahead of you and says, this is the right path through life. This is the best way to live your life. Let me lead you. It's Psalm 23. The Lord's my shepherd who makes me lie down in green pastures. He, he nourishes you, he feeds you, he protects you, he provides for you, he guides you along the right paths. As I say, it's not always pleasant. Sometimes your shepherd leads you into places you wouldn't choose to go. Sometimes it's painful, sometimes it's scary. Sometimes he takes you into the darkest of valleys. But even then, he's there to hold on to you, to protect you and to care for you. I've said before, God never promised to keep you from trials, but he does keep you through those trials. He's a good shepherd who leads you through life. That means you're never alone. It means you're never alone. He's always with you. There's moments where you are struggling and you are straggling behind. The shepherd comes back and he picks you up and says, come on, we can do this. And there's moments you're utterly exhausted. He carries you through life. The sheep need to be led. We need to be led. We need to hear his voice. We need his guidance and we need his wisdom. We, we live in a world where there are so many voices out there. The world giving us empty promises. Our friends giving us empty advice. But the voice of Jesus promises to lead you perfectly. So let me ask you, is the voice of Jesus the loudest voice in your life? Do you cherish those moments of every single day when you sit at the feet of your good shepherd and listen to his voice? When you read something in scripture and you don't particularly like what he's saying, do you allow the spirit to say, no, this is the best way to go? And when he talks about forgiveness and compassion and kindness and gentleness, do you actually follow in that path? He's a chief shepherd. I'm a shepherd, but I'm the under-shepherd. My, my job is just to point you to the voice of Jesus. 
Let him lead you perfectly. So he's a good shepherd who knows you personally, leads you perfectly. Number three, he, he satisfies you completely. In a world where we have these fleeting sound bites of happiness and pious platitudes, the good shepherd takes you by the hand and says, let's do life together. Let me show you the best way to live. Let me give you meaning and purpose and significance. Let me satisfy you. Let me show you to have the, the best friendships, the most loving family, the best decisions to make. Let me show you how to be happy. It's verse 10. I love verse 10. I, I have come, he says, that they may have life and have it to the full or abundant life. The image changes in verse 7. We move away from the village pen into the countryside. And out in the wild, there is no communal enclosure. There's no high fences. It's just a shepherd and his sheep. And in the wild, every night, the, the shepherd would take his sheep into a paddock with these low stone walls. And then the shepherd would lie down. And where does he lie? He lies down at the entrance to the paddock. And so no sheep can leave that paddock without going over the shepherd. And nothing bad can come into the paddock without going over the shepherd. And that's the image of verse 7. Very true that I tell you, I am the gate. I'm the shepherd lying down in the gateway for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers. They They were pretend messiahs. Don't follow them. But I am the gate. Whoever comes through me will be saved. He's not talking about salvation there, although that is true. He's the only gate for salvation, the only way to be saved. Because look at the footnote. All those who come through me will be kept safe, he says. And they will come in and go out. We don't come in and go out of salvation. They will come in and go out of life and find pasture, a a picture of satisfaction and contentment and being well-nourished and well-nurtured. That's what Jesus promises you, a life that is truly satisfying. And the only way to experience that is through the person of Jesus. Love verse 10, the thief comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy. The thief is Satan. Satan comes with his deception and his seduction, and his terrible plan. But Jesus comes to satisfy you. And his plan is to give you life, and life to the full. You see, when you follow this good shepherd, you've got someone you can talk to 24-7, who always listens, and is able, is powerful to do something. You've got someone to trust who will Never fail you, never ridicule you, never abandon you. You've got someone to confess to who already knows and doesn't hold it against you but says, I forgive you. You've got someone who provides exactly what you need when you need it. You get to walk through life with this feeling of of, of fullness, of calm, of confidence, of contentment, of deep joy. You say, good morning, Lord Jesus. What's life going to hold today? You've got a good shepherd who knows you personally, who leads you perfectly, who satisfies you completely, and number four, who, who loves you to death. Who loves you to death. 
A man was once asked what made him follow Jesus. He said this, I've never found anyone who loved me enough to die for me. I've never found anyone who loved me enough to die for me. It's like that phrase, over my dead body. The shepherd is lying in the gateway. Over my dead body, he says, I will give it my life to protect you. I will give my life to save you. Uh, four times in this chapter, he says, I lay down my life for my sheep. It's there in verse 11. I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life. There in verse 15, the good shepherd laid down his life for the sheep. There in verse 17, I lay it down again. Verse 18, I lay it down. Friends, never tire of hearing about the death of Christ. I love this quote. Everything Jesus endured was for you. When he gave himself into the hands of the arresting party in the Garden of Gethsemane, it was for you. When he was scourged and beaten, it, it was for you. When he was condemned to death, it was for you. When he hung on that cross in agony, it was for you. Never forget that Jesus chose to suffer and to die for you. His death was voluntary. Jesus makes that very clear in verse 18. No one takes it from me. I lay it down on my own accord. He's saying, I'm completely in control. I am choosing to go to the cross on your behalf. It was intentional. It was selfless. Why? Because he's doing it for you, verse 11. For his sheep on your behalf. That's the swap. He died instead of you. He took your sins on his shoulders. It was your sins and your sorrows that held him there. Let me ask you, as any human being loved you enough to take on the full weight of the wrath of God for all the wrongs that you've done? Of course not. And that's why Jesus is worth following. His death was voluntary. It was sacrificial. It was victorious. He didn't stay dead. Let's think about this. A dead shepherd is pretty pointless. A dead shepherd can't lead you. He can't love you. He can't guide you. He can't protect you. So verse 18 says, I lay it down, but then I have the authority to take it up again because the cross is not the end of the story. The Lord Jesus Christ is not on the cross. He is alive. He is risen. So when he says, surely I'll be with you to the end of the age, he means that because he's a living shepherd. He sends his Holy Spirit to, to assure you that you are fully loved. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He'll always love you. Where's your good shepherd right now? At the right hand of the Father interceding for you. You've got a shepherd who knows you, leads you, satisfies you, loves you, and then lastly, he holds you for eternity. He holds on to you for eternity. Jesus says down in verse 25 and 26, you're not my sheep, you religious people. You're not my sheep, he says. You may be religious, but you're, you're not my sheep. You don't hear my voice. But, but those who hear my voice, look at this promise. It is beautiful. Verse 27, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Here it is. I give them eternal life. Not, not I will give them, but I have given them. That's the tense. They've already got eternal life in me. I, I give it to them, so it's a gift. 
It's not earned, it's a gift. It's grace, not works. I've given them this life that will never end. But the promise is there, verse 28. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father has given them to me. He is greater than all, so no one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. Have you realised the absolute security that you have in Jesus? Uh, This verse becomes more precious to me the longer I'm a Christian. Because life is full of trials and tragedies and sickness and sadness and suffering and persecution and poverty and hardships and harassment. But I've got to believe that God has got me and God will hold me. And once God gets hold of you, he never lets you go. Once God has got hold of you, he never lets you go. I love this picture here of it's Christ, your good shepherd, his hand is under you. And your heavenly father, his hand is over you. And imagine this tightest grasp this you could ever imagine. And that's how the omnipotent father and son are holding on to you. And so there's nothing can happen in life. There's nothing can happen that will separate you from the love of God in Christ. The one who called you out of that sheep pen is the same one who will take you home to glory. So when someone says to you, are you a committed Christian? The the, the right answer is, well, yes, I am. But you know what? I wobble and I struggle and there's highs and there's lows and there's moments in life I'm thinking, will I make it? But it's not about how committed I am to the shepherd, but how committed the shepherd is to me. And my shepherd holds me. And my shepherd loves me and leads me and guards me and guides me. And so he'll take me home. Now that's a shepherd worth following, isn't it? He is totally worth following.